down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Come to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. Oh, you! As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Anybody move, I'll blow your fucking head off. And the medic gets out and says, oh my god. I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Well, then this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! What is going on, everybody out there? Once again, I'm not doing this live again. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I've been having a problem. Mixler updated. And uh, ever since then, it's not letting my internet connection. I have gone through. I've turned off my firewall. I've turned off my uh, virus protection, everything. And I cannot get the uh it to keep connected for more than five six seconds at a time to mixler so either it's gonna fix either i'm gonna get it fixed or i'm gonna figure out a new way to go live possibly just do it on discord if i can um but i'll figure something out with that anyway um obviously by the song that i played you guys might think i am going to be talking grease tonight well 
Greece is not the only thing I'm talking about tonight. Uh, I'm going to go through a few things, actually. Uh, anyway, welcome to Hollywood Hangout. I am David Richardson. Thank you guys for uh, listening at this point. No one's live because I'm not live. Once again, I'm recording. So, uh, But uh, it is still Sunday night, around 9 o'clock here. Um, I'm doing it usually when I would, just decided to go ahead and do it tonight. What I'm actually going to do is uh, with, obviously, on the 8th, uh, Olivia Newton-John passed away. Uh, she had a long battle with cancer, and uh, she finally, you know, gave in and lost that battle. But uh, Olivia Newton-John passed away, so I will be talking a little bit of Greece. And we also, I do not want to go too far. I also want to, uh, there are, Anne Heche, uh, there's a lot going around whether she's passed away or not. Guess she's right now just on life support so her organs can be um, harvested and then she is going to be taken off. I think tomorrow or today possibly she was taken off or uh, could be. But, um, you know, she was in some great movies. Anne Heche, uh, you know, just top of my head, Donnie Brasco, Volcano, um, some really great movies. Uh, she definitely had a little problem before as she had a little car crash and... But um, anyway, I mean, she's, you know, mother of two and uh, kids don't deserve, deserve to be without their their parents uh, early. You know, it's uh, you want to see your kids grow up and she doesn't get to see that anymore. So it's uh, pretty sad of a of a thing. But um, like I said, those are just two movies I can think of. I know she's been in a bunch more movies and TV shows. She was in uh, Men in Trees, The Brave. So I, I do know that. But, um, you know. Definitely rest in peace to uh, Anne Hayes, even though she might not be gone yet. So uh, anyway, um, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. Instead of just talking Grease, because Olivia Newton-John was in a ton of movies. She was in a couple movies. That wasn't her only movie with uh, John Travolta, by the way. They did do another movie together. Um, but what I'm going to talk is now musicals. Musicals get a bad rap. Oh, you know, if you're... It used to be if you're if you listen to you know watch musicals yeah you're a homo dude. That's seriously as people used to say. I don't give a shit. Um, what I'm gonna talk about tonight is what I feel. Musicals are okay, even if you're a dude. Man, we're gonna do. I have six manly musicals for you guys. Now this is in no order. This is just a list of some of the uh, musicals that I like. Um, you know and. and that I think, whatever, I don't care. It shouldn't matter anymore. In 2022, it really, I don't know why it would matter before. It didn't matter. Certain movies I love. Grease is one of them. Um, and we've talked about musicals on this show. We, me and Anthony actually uh, reviewed Rocky Horror. We actually compared the new Rocky Horror with the old Rocky Horror. So you can check that out. It's on Anchor. Uh, you can just go to uh, anchor.com slash Hollywood Hangout and check that out right there. Um and while you're at it, check out Anthony. Once again, I'm going to mention real quick, uh, Anthony and Teddy over there on the uh, Weekly Detour. You can uh, get them on uh, Google Play. I, believe, I know you can get them on Player FM uh, and a few other platforms out there. So just go on to Google, type in the Weekly Detour. It will pop up. And I know they are on Spotify 100%. So go ahead and check them out, please. And um, there you go right there. But... Um, so, you know, there's just so many musicals that really are good. But me and Anthony did compare those. Um, and I'm going to bring up a few 
that you might not consider musicals, but when you think about it, they're fucking musicals. Um, I, and some, like I said, I, I, they're not going to be in any order. I've just got six. I, I, I didn't want to go overboard, so I've only got six. I only have eight, eight, eight clips to play, which are songs. I don't need to play all of them. Um, and I wasn't planning on playing all of them. A couple I'm going to play all of, but not all of them. Uh, but um, I'm going to just, like I said, six manly musicals that some of you might not have considered mu- uh, musicals. Uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, Crybaby, South Park, Willy Wonka, Grease, The Blues Brothers, a little Rocky Horror in there, like I had said. So got a few movies to go through. I think it's going to be pretty good and um, give you a few facts on each movie. Play the my favorite song from each. Might not be your favorite song from each, but that's fine. Fine, we're allowed to disagree on things like that, and um, a lot of these movies do have more great songs than what I picked out. Um, so th- th- that totally makes sense. I just picked what I felt was the best song <clears throat> for uh, for just you know what the what for the movie and what I prefer. All right, let's go ahead. I guess and just jump right on into it. Why don't we just do that right now? Um, all right, so I'm going to go ahead and start off with uh, a little movie called Crybaby. That's right, I'm going to start off with Crybaby. A little John Waters movie starring, we had Johnny Depp, we had Ricky Lake, Amy Locaine, Iggy Pop, and Tracy Lords. Now, I got to bring up Tracy Lords because we're going to talk about Tracy Lords in just a minute. I know. I know what you're thinking already. Uh, Johnny Depp, I actually just mentioned uh, Donnie Brasco. He worked with Anne Heche in that movie. Uh, she played his wife. Um, Johnny Depp, I mean, how many movies and things that has he been in? I mean, the whole Pirates of the Caribbean things, the Jack Sparrow character, which he has really taken to a new, uh, a new height with that character. And hopefully they do decide to bring him back. Um, I don't know if they will, but I, I really hope they do. I, I really do. I, I think, uh, you know, it, both of the, those two just showed they were toxic together in that courtroom, him and him and uh, Amber Heard. And um, I think away from each other, it might not be so bad. Guy's got a little drug abuse problem. Uh, wow, a famous person with a drug abuse problem. Yeah, big deal. So anyway, but um, so yeah, Johnny Depp, awesome in this movie great movie kind of plays a like the rebel think elvis he kind of plays elvis in this movie really it's kind of what it is it's kind of and it's a spoof on all those musical it's kind of a spoof on elvis movies um it's exactly what what this movie really is it's kind of a spoof on all those kind of elvis and uh and, and those kind of movies that were back then. So it, it was just kind of a, a fun movie to kind of goof on all those movies. And I personally love this movie. Um, once again, though, we got Johnny Depp in there. Uh, we've got Ricky Lake. Yes, the talk show host Ricky Lake was in this movie. She hasn't done a ton of movies either. But um, definitely when she's in a movie, she's noticeable in that in, in those movies. Um, been in Hairspray in, in the 2007 version and in the 1988 version. So she was in both, but um, which made her perfect for Crybaby because they were making fun of all these kind of <clears throat> Hairspray movies. These Hairspray teen movies is what they were making fun of anyway. So made sense with her being in it. Now, Amy Locaine is in this movie. 
Um, really good, good actress. I've seen her. She was in Melrose. She was in School Ties with Brandon Fraser. If you've never seen School Ties, you've got to check that out. That is on my list. I will get to that one night, most definitely. So, uh, but she's been in a ton of stuff. Really, not, I'm, I'm to be honest, not a ton. Only really has thirty three credits to her name. But um, usually when she was in Airheads also, she was Kayla, uh, but she did 13 episodes of Melrose Place and just did more stuff throughout the 90s, hasn't done much, hasn't really done anything since 2020, but um, she's in this uh, Iggy Pop, the rock star, obviously known for many, many things, uh, but has been in many movies. He was in Train Spotting. He was in Dead Man. He was in Coffee and Cigarettes. He was in one of the, uh, he was in one of the Crow movies too. I think it was the second one. Let me scroll here. The Crow, City of Angels, the second one, 1996. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was in the second one there. Um, decent movie. After that, they kind of, <laughs> let's be honest, after that, those movies kind of shit the bed. Let's not. Let's not lie here, but um, pretty good, pretty good uh, as far as that goes. And Tracy Lords uh, was in this movie, um, famous for not anything great. Uh, she mostly got famous because she was in porno underage. Um, now, Crybaby is a movie back from 1990. Now. Here's what's funny. Uh, during the shooting of this movie, the FBI actually went to the set to look for Tracy Lords, who was being investigated due to the past she had. She, again, underage, doing porno movies. Um, the uh, the cast and crew basically uh, <laughs> just kind of related their uh, police convictions and told Tracy Lords, this is not, not a big deal. This has happened many, many times to not just you, so don't worry about it. Um, pretty scary that looks like they're people the police come to the set all the time and pick up people um now i mentioned amy locaine in this movie she kind of plays she has the uh she has a crush on uh on johnny depp or crybaby character in this movie now her mother was on the set the whole time they shot this movie and she said it was very embarrassing to be making out with johnny depp right in front of her mother uh the whole time so that had to be pretty pretty crazy but johnny depp really was against doing this movie. He didn't like singing. He didn't want to dance. He did not want to dance. Um, but John Waters convinced him to do the film, and it actually turned out to be a pretty good... I would say this is kind of another cult movie, if you will. Um, James Intveld and Rachel Sweet actually did the singing for Amy Locaine and Johnny Depp in this movie. Pretty good casting here. The singing was very good in this movie. Um, and well, I'm going to obviously play a song in just a second for you. Now, there were other people before Johnny Depp that were in line to play the crybaby character, which I don't know how it would have gone with any of them. Tom Cruise, Robert Downey Jr., and Jim Carrey. This would have been an absolutely awful movie if Jim Carrey had taken that role. I would have not liked that movie. That It, it was not even what this thing was supposed to be, was this that kind of comedy. So Tom Cruise, I still don't think you're beating Johnny Depp. And Robert Downey Jr., maybe, maybe, I think he could have pulled this off. 
but I think Johnny Depp as this character at the time, um, he had the look. And I mean, if you watch the movie, the guy could actually dance. He actually had the moves too. So I, I think it was pretty good that he was in this. Now, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe has a quick little cameo in this movie as a corrections officer when uh, Johnny Depp goes to jail. There's a moment when he slaps Johnny Depp on the ass and Johnny Depp has this look on his face like, holy shit, what the fuck was that? Well, there's a reason. That was real. It was completely improvised, as were most of, of Willem Dafoe's lines. So, but I mean, this movie's pretty cool. You've got, uh, you know, you got Johnny Depp just kind of playing the cool... Like I said, almost the Elvis type character in this movie. So, you know, you got that. And um, it's just it's just a really good movie. They they're you know, you got the drapes, which are the the rebels. You got the this and the squares, which were the the preppies. Um, you know, it, it had a little bit of outsiders to it, a little bit of those Elvis movies, had a little bit of everything to it. But um, in this movie, once again, a lot of singing, dancing. And uh, one of the best songs, I think, in this movie is called King Crybaby. It's very Elvisy, uh, which I know what you're thinking. That's probably why you like it. It probably is why I like that song. So here it is. Quick three-minute song. Let's go ahead and knock it out.
All right, so there we go with that right there. And again, a great a great movie, great song in that movie. And again, I think the casting really was good with him. He's just got that kind of almost Elvisy look about him, especially in this movie. Um, and you know what? I mean, let's face it. At an hour and 25 minutes, this movie's a quick, easy watch. It's fun. And I'm surprised no one's had to uh, apologize for that moment in the movie. There's a giant uh, Confederate flag behind him. So I'm surprised no one's had to apologize yet for that. It's coming. Now that I talked about it, it's coming. Uh, But uh, all right. So there's that right there. And like I said, it's just a really fun movie. It is on my list. I may go into that one night. All right. Now, another movie, like I said, we're going to be talking about is South Park. South Park's a musical. Mm -hmm. It, It is. It actually is. Um. I don't know if you knew that, but hey, South Park is a musical. Uh, But it's a great movie. Obviously, it's Trey Parker and Matt Stone, uh, the creators, going out and doing most of the voices. Uh, Mary Kay Bergman also throws out a few voices in this, too. But uh, it's a good, really, what a fun, fun fucking movie this is. South Park is just, I mean, talk about a, a, a cartoon that was just a filthy adult cartoon. And it just took on a life of its own. And it really did. And this first movie was just obviously great. I've seen it a ton of times. Anytime you had Satan and Saddam Hussein going, you know, in in with it, just going at it and just, you know, basically Satan treating Saddam like his little bitch. It was great. Uh, Some really good songs, but I had to choose a couple. I could only choose two and I couldn't choose between Uncle Fucker. (laughs) <laughs> blame Canada. So you know what? It's two minutes for the first one. We'll play a little bit of Uncle Fucker. Ah, fuck it. I'll play the whole thing of Uncle Fucker, and we'll play the whole thing of uh, Blame Canada. Um, but, uh, I mean, what what are you going to do? It's a great, fun fucking movie. It's uh, just something. Now, here's what I'll do. I'll give you guys a few little uh, little facts about this movie. This movie, believe it or not, is in the Guinness Book of World Records. Um, in 2001, this film was said to have the most profanity used in an animated film. Guinness Book of World Records said that they had a total of 399 swear words, including 146 uses of the word fuck, along with 199 offensive gestures, 221 acts of violence. And um, now South Park had a reason to use 399 bad curse words. There was a reason behind it, a very sneaky reason behind it. The MPAA, which is the movie place that does all the ratings, would have given the film an NC-17 if it had 400 swear words in the film. So what they did was they used 399. (laughs) So they literally went one less, and the film did get an R rating instead of of the... uh, NC-17, and this movie was actually the highest gross, um, grossing R-rated animated film until Sausage Party came out in 216, and it uh, it, it, it did outgross this movie, I guess, in many ways. Um, haven't seen that, though. Now, we'll play Blame Canada first because um, it was nominated for an Academy Award for the Best Original Song. But amazingly, Phil Collins with You'll Be In My Heart from Tarzan ended up winning and taking it home. Um, but I think that was okay. 
Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone went ahead and just uh, decided in the next year they went ahead and ridiculed uh, Phil Collins a few times in the uh, in those episodes, which, hey, I guess it's all in good fun, right? You know, no big deal. No big deal at all. So, all right. So let's go ahead and play a little bit of uh, Blame Canada. Times have changed. Our kids are getting worse. They won't obey their parents. They just want to fight and curse. Should we blame the government or blame society? Or should we blame the images on TV? No, blame Canada! Blame Canada! For their beady little eyes and flapping heads on all the lies. Blame Canada! Blame Canada! We need to form a full assault! It's Canada's fault! Don't blame me for my son Stan. He saw the darn cartoon and now he's off to join the clan. And my boy Eric once had my picture on his shelf. But now when I see him, it tells me to fuck myself. Well, blame Canada! Could it be in a doctor or a lawyer, rich or true? Instead, he burned up like a piggy on a barbecue. Should we blame the matches? Should we blame the fire? Or the doctors who allowed it to expire? Heck no! Blame Canada! Blame Canada! With all the hockey hubbubaloo! And that bitch and Marie too! Blame Canada! Hullabaloo. <laughs> I've never picked up that line before. I'm listening with my headphones on. I'm like, bitch, just say what I think she said. She did. Hockey Hullabaloo. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a. It, 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 <laughs> I don't know why that line hit me, but it did. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, anyway. Great, uh, great song, great movie, but uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a musical, obviously. And let's play a little bit of the next song that was great by I believe Terrence and Philip, I believe was their name. Those darn Canadians and their hockey hullabaloo. Here we go. Oh, oh, let's see. Uh, nope, I don't have any Jewish candy. Like you really need all that chocolate, fat boy. Shh, the movie's starting. What did the Spanish priest say to the Iranian gynecologist? I don't know, Philip. What? Now, so this is a little bit of the whole scene here. So. You're such a pig fucker, Philip. <gasps> what did he say? Terence, why would you call me a pig fucker? Well, let's see. First of all, you fuck pigs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, suck my ass and call me a bitch. <laughs> oh, you shit-faced cockmaster. Wow. Shit-faced cockmaster. <laughs> You donkey raping shit eater? Donkey raping shit eater. Don't be baby shit eater. <laughs> You'd fuck your uncle. You'd fuck your uncle. Shut your fucking face, uncle fucker. You're a cock sucking ass licking uncle fucker. You're an uncle fucker. Yes, it's true. Nobody fucks uncles quite like you. Shut your fucking face, uncle fucker. You're the one that fucked your uncle, uncle fucker. You don't eat or sleep or mow the lawn. You just fuck your uncle all day long. What's going on here? What's 
garbage. Well, what do you expect? They're Canadian. Well, that was interesting. Um, there we go. A little bit of Uncle Fucker there. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that movie. It's really a good, fun movie. And again, it's not. this isn't a very long movie either. I don't think it is. Let me double check that real quick. Before An hour and 21 minutes. Another good, fun one to put on in the background while you're doing something more constructive in the background. Um, all right. I don't think we really need to talk much more about uh about that we'll just go ahead and move on a little bit and um gonna talk a little bit about Willy Wonka oh boy Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory the original obviously from uh back in the day the old 1971 film I do love this film there's one song in there I really don't like but uh we don't need to talk about that we're gonna talk about songs we do like tonight and um obviously we've got uh this is you know Good movie, great movie. It's a poor kid, Charlie, uh, played by Peter Ostrom. Um, really, this I, I believe this is it. This is what he did. This is the movie. Filmography. One credit, Willy Wonka, 1971. This is it. This is the only movie this man ever did. Um, even as a, I mean, he played himself in a few things, just in quick, where are they now? Um so really, this is the only movie he's really ever starred in and done, and uh, that was it. He just didn't decided not to do acting anymore um, after this movie. But um, well, he was born right here in Dallas, Texas, 1957. So, but he's still around, and from what it says, uh, he it says he's a veterinarian, which pretty fucking awesome. Um, actually, right after Gene Wilder passed. Um, in 2016, um, Peter Ostrom put up a little, oh man, I'm sorry about the mic popping. I don't know what's going on there. Um, put up a little thing on, uh, on his social media that, um, here we go. It says right here. Sorry. Wait a minute. It says, um, he said he changed his social media profile to say former child actor, veterinarian, and he put inherited a chocolate factory on, August 29th, 2016, which was the day Gene Wilder passed away. I don't think there was a better tribute to Gene Wilder than than those few words uh, that he put right there. Um, I, I think Gene Wilder would have been so touched uh, by that little thing he did right there. I think that's really, really awesome. Um, and I just think Gene, I think Gene Wilder would have got a kick out of it. Absolutely. And I, I think he did get a kick out of it. How's that? So I think he was uh, watching down and saw that and probably had a nice, uh, a, a nice laugh on that one. So, um, but Willy Wonka, obviously a good movie. It's about this uh, eccentric uh, candy factory owner, owner who's going to give a tour to kids who find the uh, little, um, the uh, golden tickets and 
all the children except one meet horrible, horrible fates uh, as they're going through. And um, it seems that uh, Willy Wonka is just kind of a crazy guy. Now, the reactions uh, of the actors and actor actresses in a lot of scenes are spontaneous. They did not know a lot of things that Gene Wilder was going to do or say. Um, like when they first enter the chocolate room and they see the candy gardens that had never been seen before. They have they had never seen that set before. So that's one thing. Now, Gene Wilder was a obviously a very, very... He was a little bit eccentric in real life also. Um, he read the script and he said, I will take the role of Willy Wonka under one condition. He wanted to be allowed to limp, then suddenly somersault in the scene when he first meets the kids. And Mel Stewart was like, why? He said, if you have Willy Wonka do this from that moment on, no one will know if I'm lying or telling the truth. Stewart says, if I say no, you won't do the picture? And Gene Wilder said, I'm afraid that's the truth. So, you know, that's uh, that's pretty cool. That's all he wanted to do was make sure that, you know, he wanted to help the movie, obviously. And that definitely was a, a an iconic scene in that movie. Now, if you remember that when they do walk into that room, there's a chocolate river in that one room. Now, the chocolate river was made from 150,000 gallons of water, and they did put some chocolate and cream in there. Now, the filmmakers had to change the formula for the river, the river because originally the well, the first one they were using kept turning red, like blood red. Obviously, you don't want that if you're doing a movie about chocolate. Um, and so what happened, what was going on is the cream mixture that they made kept spoiling. And by the end of filming, they said it smelled awful in there. Uh, Michael Ballner, who played Augustus Gloop actually said it was because he had to go in that water. He said it was dirty, stinky water. It was disgusting. Um, and, uh, just so you guys know, the, uh, the Oompa Loompas were uh, known for partying very hard offset. Like they would all pack into a limo and go bar to bar and just party their asses off. <laughs> In 1971, all these little guys going out and partying their asses off. I think it's uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty fucking cool that they were doing that. Anyway. Uh, there's a bunch of the, like I said, we got the kids. We have one girl, though, named Veruca Salt, the spoiled rich girl in the bunch. And um, she has a song called I Want It Now. And again, I'm going to play a little bit of the scene with the song in it. And uh, let's just let it flow. want a golden goose. Here we go again. All right, sweetheart. All right. Daddy will get you a golden goose as soon as we get home. No, I want one of those. Bunker. How much do you want for the golden goose? They're not for sale. Name your price. She can't have one. Who says I can't? The man with a funny hat. I want one. I want a golden goose. Gooses. Geeses. I want my geese to lay gold eggs for Easter. It will, sweetheart. At least a hundred a day. Anything you say. By the way. What? I want a feast. You ate before you came to the factory. I want a bean feast. Oh, one of those. Cream buns and donuts and fruitcake with no nuts. So good you could go nuts. You're going to have all those things when you get home. No, now. I want a ball. I want a party. 
Pink macaroons and a million balloons I'm performing baboons and give it to me Now I want the world I want the whole world I want to lock it all up in my pocket It's my bar of chocolate Give it to me now I want today I want tomorrow I want to wear them like braids in my hair And I don't want to share them I want a party with roomfuls of laughter Ten thousand tons of ice cream And if I don't get the things I am after I want the whole works Presents and prizes and sweets and surprises Of all shapes and sizes And now, don't care how I want it now Don't care how I want it now She was a bad egg Where's she gone? Where all the other bad eggs go Down the garbage chute she did. She did go to the garbage chute. Uh, it's all right, though. She was okay. They were all okay. All fine. But, um, all right, so there you go. And um, great movie, though. I mean, this was Gene Wilder, in my opinion, at, at his best. Um, just, I, I like I said, there's, no, well, there's one song in this movie I don't really care for. It's the one... Uh, Charlie sings those really slow one. It's I just don't care for it. But uh, like I said, that doesn't matter really. That's neither here nor there. But um, all right, so that was that. Now we are going to now talk about uh, a little bit of Greece. Now I've talked about Greece. I love this movie. I will do a full um, review of Greece one night, most definitely, because like I said, this is a movie. I I, I remember being. I don't even know how old I was, but. This movie came out in 1978. It would have been three years old. And I went to a drive-in theater in Boston and watched this movie in the back of a station wagon. Me, my sister, my parents, all of us, I do remember that. Um, So I don't know why this movie, I've loved it since I was a kid. Always loved it. Always will love it. And um, I just think it's a great movie. So um, now this movie is actually one of the movies that, Crybaby was making fun of. This is John Travolta. Uh, at the time, just Olivia Newton-John. She did become Dame Olivia Newton-John after a while. And um, there you go. But I'm just trying to get rid of the uh, everything going on here. There we go. And yeah, we had Olivia Newton-John, Stalker Channing, Jeff Conway, who played Kanicki in this movie, was part of the T-Birds. This movie basically was just kind of about, uh, it was a movie in the 70s about 50s gangs. Very weird. But it was more just a high school movie, uh, more than anything. It was really just a high school movie. But um, we do need to remember Jeff Conway. He's in a few of my little uh, my little facts about the movie. But um, basically, you had uh, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, Danny Zuko, and uh, Sandra D, who um, they had a little fling over the summer. 
they went back to school. He wasn't expecting to see her and he can't be himself because he was this really caring, loving guy. He's kind of an asshole to her. It all works out in the end and they do end up together, but she has to dress up and kind of become kind of trashy, which maybe this is why I like trashy girls because Olivia Newton-John in this movie was kind of one of my first crushes. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, she was very hot in this movie and she really stayed very hot obviously throughout her her whole career but um obviously had a, her own musical hits um physical was one of them uh, i think there was another one song uh magic would you believe it would you believe it was magic um but uh great career and uh, like i said she had a long battle with cancer um and on the 8th of this month she did uh pass away now there's some funny little facts i'm gonna get into here now um in the stage play, the song Look at Me, I'm Sandra D, which is one of the songs that they're singing in the early in the movie, they had a reference to Sal Minio, who ended up being murdered in 1976. So the movie, what they did is they changed the reference to Elvis, Elvis, Elvis Presley. She says, Elvis, Elvis, let me be. Keep your pelvis far from me. Now, ironically, when they filmed that was August 16th, 1977. That would be the day Elvis died. That's right. August 16th, two more days from now, is the day that Elvis passed away. Um, and uh, so they filmed that scene on the day Elvis died. So kind of weird. One guy murdered, and the other guy died on the same day of the scene. Anyway, um, just a creepy little fact for you there. Now, Oliva Newton-John did um, auction off that leather jacket and the leather pants that she wore in that uh, final scene for four hundred and five thousand seven hundred dollars, uh, and it went to cancer research. So there you go, right there. She was all you know, given everything she could to try to keep fighting that disease. So um, the anonymous winning bidder of the jacket, um, actually, uh, the founder of the. Um, Spanx uh, founder bought the pants and the bidder of the winning jacket returned it to Olivia Newton-John and paid $243,200 for it. So, and he just gave it back to her. Just gave it back. Awesome little thing right there. So, all right. Now, Jeff Conway, again, he played Kanicki in that movie. Uh, He was in Taxi, the TV show with um, uh, Andy Kaufman. Uh, and Danny DeVito, a bunch of those guys. Now, Jeff Conway was so infatuated with uh, Dame Olivia Newton-John, anytime she was around, he was tongue-tied. Here's a funny fact. He actually ended up marrying Rona Newton-John, Olivia Newton-John's sister. (laughs) Wow. Uh, and Jeff Conway, unfortunately, is another one that uh, we lost to a uh, a drug overdose. Um, 2011, he had always had a problem with drugs. Actually, a lot of people, believe it or not, say this movie was the reason for his uh, addiction to uh, painkillers and prescription drugs. While shooting this movie, uh, the mu- the musical number that I'm going to play um, while shooting Grease Lightning, uh, Jeff Conway was accidentally dropped on his back. I'm assuming it was when they were doing this little flip thing um, 
uh, off the car. He started taking painkillers during this movie and eventually spiraled into a bad prescription drug addiction, died in 2011, was only 60 years old. And um, some people will go back and say that this movie was the reason for that. Um, and I'll tell you what, since I'm actually talking about Grease Lightning, and that's my favorite song in the movie, let's go ahead and play it. Um, and uh, since we're talking about it, let's not, uh, let's not wait. My favorite song, this is when they just get Kanicki's car, Jeff Conway's car, and they go in to fix it in the garage. They're a bunch of mechanics is what they are. And to me, this is, was, always will be, always will be one of the coolest scenes from a movie. I absolutely love this whole scene. And here it goes. Hydromatic. Ultramatic. Why could be grease lightning? Grease lightning. We'll get some overhead lifters and four bell quads. Oh, yeah. Keep talking, walk, keep talking. Fuel injection cut off and chrome plated rods. Oh, yeah.
All right, all right. So there you go. Like I said, I think that's one of the coolest fucking scenes ever right there. Now, you got to realize when that movie was made, um, first of all, let me just stop right there. This song was actually supposed to be sung by Jeff Conway's character, Kanicki. Now, it is that way in the stage version of this. Um, John Travolta, though, kind of threw his uh, threw his clout around to get the song and the director felt it was the right thing to do. And he went and asked Jeff Conway, Jeff Conway kind of refused, but eventually gave in. Um, and let's face it. The song turned out a lot better. Uh, Jeff Conway actually has no, besides this song, just a, a couple of lines in it. He doesn't have any singing in this movie at all, which I think might've been by design, but, um, this song, you gotta realize when this movie came out, um, <laughs> Let's just start with that right there. This movie came out in 1978. And in this movie, you got to realize this song was kind of kind of edgy. And if you weren't listening, you don't catch some of it. He says shit right in the beginning of the song. You don't you know they didn't know shit when we, when we get lots of tits. That's a pretty risky lyric to have in a uh, a kind of teen movie back then. The chicks will cream for Grease Lightning, that's another one. Um, he also he calls it a real pussy wagon at one point. I mean, these were things. When I was a kid, I didn't catch these. As I got older, I started catching these lines, and I'm like, damn, pretty fucked up. <laughs> that's some pretty fucked up lines in that song. Kind of a dirty, filthy song. And it was. But uh, it was a, a great movie, great song, and... Um, you know, it, 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 like I said, it wasn't the only movie that um, oh, I should. I don't know why I didn't have that movie up there. Give me a second here. That uh, Olivia Newton-John and um, John Travolta did. John Travolta. Here we go. Because I know they did another movie together. I don't know why, but I can't remember the name of it. Um, here we go. They did that. And he paid so he paid tribute to her in a lot of ways. Um, it was pretty cool. Um, and she kind of had a crush on him back then. But uh, I, I can't think of the movie right now, and I apologize. Um, yeah, let me put this up here. Let me try one thing. Oh, there we go. Movies. Duh. <laughs> Fucking idiot I am. Um, two of a Kind. That was the name of it. They were in Two of a Kind together also. So they were in more than more than one movie together. Um, so uh, that movie came out came about in 1983. They starred in that also. So, but um, this was a great movie. And like I said, I kind of grew up with this movie. My parents even would watch it back when, you know, back on in, on Beta, or if it was ever on TV, this movie was going to be put on in my house. So, love this movie. Always will. And uh, like I said, I think this kind of uh, John Travolta just was so cool in this movie. I think. Uh, I think a lot of people were trying to be him for a long, long time. So, all right, let's move along a little bit here. Got a couple more movies. That's it. Actually, we're not going to move along. I got a few more things to go into with Grease. I'm sorry. Sorry about that, folks. Um, there was a, if you remember that movie, Grease, if you've seen it, there was a dance contest in there in the school. Um, the gym had no AC, and this was in the middle of summer. When they did this scene, people literally had to be taken out on more than one occasion because they were just getting heat fucking, just heat exhaustion. So 
it was just absolutely stifling in there is what they were saying. Um, now, last thing about Greece here. There was another song in the movie that actually was a solo song for Olivia Newton-John. Now, part of her deal was that she was supposed to have a solo song. Now, the movie was already written and recorded. Um, not the movie, but the song was written and recorded after the movie had already wrapped up. Um, so what they did is they, uh, nobody had any ideas for a song for this character. And then the producer came up with this song halfway through the shoot. So the, the director wasn't totally convinced, but figured out a way to get the scene to fit in, which I never really, I always thought this song felt like it was kind of thrown in, like it didn't fit in the movie. And come to find out, it was just kind of thrown into the movie. The whole thing was sort of pieced into the movie. And I'm not going to play all of this song because honestly, it wasn't my favorite song in the movie. But I'll play a little bit of just the uh, Olivia Newton-John solo song here. Hope we'll see devoted to you. Can I have some of that? Well, and a little bit of the scene too, obviously. Sure. song right there. I just wanted to get to the hook right there for you guys, and uh, we did get to it, so there you go right there. Such a, I mean, just absolutely beautiful uh, during this time and still, uh, and even, you know, uh, even in her older age, she was still beautiful. Her accent was awesome. You know, she had that Australian accent, and uh, it was just really cool. So um, even though she was from London, I believe. Uh, but uh, anyway, let's, um, actually, no, she wasn't. Uh, no, she wasn't actually. Sorry about that. Anyway, I'm going to move on now. And we are going to go on to the next movie. And again, we're going with manly movies here. Manly musicals, right? Six manly musicals. That's the, that's, 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 that's the name of the show. That's what it's going to be. You might not realize this either, but Blues Brothers, 100% a comedy musical. It is absolutely absolutely a musical, and it has many, many blues legends in this movie. Johnny Lee Hooker is in this movie. There, and I'm not even scratching the surface mentioning just you know a few of these. Donald Dunn, um, James Brown, 
Ray Charles, Cab Calloway, uh, who does many of the mooch in this movie. Um, this is John Belushi and uh, Dan Aykroyd. John Candy, who's not in the movie very long, but it's John Candy, so obviously his part is amazing uh, in this movie. Uh, Aretha Franklin is in this movie. It, it just a really, really, really good movie. James Brown is a small part where he plays a preacher in this movie. And, uh, but um, John Belushi, I mean, you want to talk about someone being in their prime when they when they were doing this, it, it, it was him. He was so in his prime. We talked about um, Belushi, uh, me and Anthony, when we reviewed uh, Animal House. So if you want to, uh, you should go check that out uh, back there on Anchor. And um, it's just a really, really, this movie here, him and Dan Aykroyd worked so well together. Now, I know there was the Blues Brothers 2000. Mm, no. Nothing could compare to these these two, this duo, Belushi and Aykroyd. Uh, John Goodman was not bad. I'm not saying he was bad, but uh, he was definitely not not John Belushi, who was only 33 when he passed away in 1982, obviously of a drug overdose. But, um, you know, it was him, Dan Aykroyd. Basically, you had two guys who just got out of jail, and um, they were... They were on a mission from Gad. That's what they said. Um, and they were basically trying to get money to pay someone uh, back is what they were doing. Um, really good movies, though. They made enemies the whole time through it. Now, they did have permission to, uh, to uh, film in downtown Chicago. It was given to John and John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd after, after they offered to donate 50000 to charity after the filming was up. So they kind of seems like a little bit of a bribe there. Which uh, you know, it's Hollywood. What are you gonna do? Sounds like, sounds like business as usual. Now Belushi, we you know, obviously known for being a heavy partier, um, always w- would just disappear while filming. Um, he disappeared one night. Ac- uh, Dan Aykroyd decided to go around and try to find him, take a look, and he sees this house, a single house with his lights on. He goes to the house. And he's ready to, you know, prepare to, you know, identify who he is, the movie, and the, the, who they were looking for. And the owner opens the door, smiles, and says, you're here for John Belushi, aren't you? The homeowner said Belushi came in, asked for a glass of milk and a sandwich, and then crashed on their couch. <laughs> That's when Belushi became known uh, as Dan Aykroyd dubbed him the uh, as America's guest, as he would just walk into people's houses at that time. Uh, imagine at that time, it's 1980. Think it's like, I mean, come on, it's like 19, you know, something, and you're sitting there, it's 1979, they're recording this movie, doing this movie probably, and John Belushi comes in your house and asks for milk and a sandwich. <laughs> it just crashes on your couch. That's fucking awesome. All right, a world, uh, there was a world record of 103 cars wrecked. If you remember that last scene, they just wrecked cars like a motherfucker. Um, there was a movie in 1982 that actually broke the record uh, called The Junk Man. They wrecked 150 and a plane. And that record was for 200 decades until The Matrix Reloaded, which wrecked 300 cars during the filming. There you go. So uh, that was in 2003. So... Uh, you know, now the, the original script from this 
was uh, actually originally entitled The Return of the Blues Brothers. And it was actually 324 pages, and it was intended to be a two-part. John Landis took this script, whittled it down, and absolutely made it what we saw of this film, which was one of the greatest films I love. Um, Now, according to Dan Aykroyd, cocaine was actually part of the film's budget uh, to help the cast and crew stay awake during uh, shooting at night. And uh, Dan Aykroyd did say that Belushi was the one who enjoyed it most and felt that it enhanced his performance of the movie. Uh, I guess so. There's a ton of really good songs in this movie. Um, But one of them I always loved. I love the scene. I love everything about it. They go into a pawn shop to get some instruments for themselves. And the pawnbroker is Ray Charles. And he sits down at a piano. I remember Ray Charles is blind. And he's still picking out everything they're doing. It's pretty cool, this whole scene. And uh, he's picking everything out. And Ray Charles sits down at the piano and plays a song called Shake a Tail Feather. And I think this is one of the greatest songs in the movie. Now, Aretha Franklin does a good a, a good song in this movie, which was really good. Uh, you better think. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of good movies in this song. Um, Sweet Home Chicago, the last song I thought about that one. But let's be honest, this, in my opinion, I think this is the best song of the movie. And without further ado, uh, uh, excuse me, I don't think there's anything wrong with the action on this piano. Dancing with all over the neighborhood. So why didn't you ask me, baby? Or didn't you think I could? Well, I know that the boogaloo is out of sight. What's the shame?
Okay, man. We'll take these axes. Naturally. And as usual, I gotta take an IOU. <laughs> All right, so there you go. I'm sorry, but if that song don't get you moving a little bit, I don't think you're you're you're. I, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. Uh, for I mean, Ray Charles is a badass, a badass in the music industry, uh, always was. And um, that song right there was just a great. It was just excuse me, great. The scene is great. They're out in the streets dancing. You got the little kids dancing. You got the teenagers dancing. The adults dancing. It's just a really, really good scene uh, in in the movie. I just and it's a really good movie throughout. I just it's it's one of uh, it's up there, up there is one of my favorite movies. Um, I can't remember if we talked. I don't think we did. I can't. I don't think we reviewed this movie. I don't think we did. We should. We one hundred percent should. If we haven't, um, I I will definitely put that on my list. I'll double check we haven't. Why do I think we might have done so many? I'm starting to get lost on them. Um, I apologize for that. That's my fault. But uh, just a really, really, really fun movie. Again, it's that. This is another one that's not even that long of a movie. If you ever want to just pop it on, well, two hours, fifteen minutes, eh, not that short either. <laughs> but uh, so there you go. Uh, but like I said, there's many more good songs in this movie. And um, all right, I guess from there, I don't think I have any more on that. Let me double check if I have any more. I don't. I don't have any more on that. So we can go ahead and move on to the last movie, the sixth manly musical. I got to go with Rocky Horror. I know this is another one. But like I said, we compared them. But I again, these are in no order. These are just six you can, I think, are manly enough to watch. And I know what you're thinking. Yeah, this movie's real manly, you know. Got the fucking sweet transvestite. Yeah, I know. Still a great fucking movie. Um, awesome. Some of the actors in this movie. Uh, some of them are still acting today uh, in this movie. Um, just a really, really, really good movie. You got Tim Curry, who, unbelievable English actor, but has done so much stuff. Uh, Hunt for Red October, then this, Congo, Clue, Oscar, if you've never seen that, with Sylvester Stallone when he play, plays a mobster, um, and still has stuff coming out. Still has stuff coming out right now, but um, became mostly known, I would say, for this movie, uh, Tim Curry did. Now, you got to remember, this movie pretty much bombed um, when it first came out. Matter of fact, let me give you one quick tidbit. I am recording this on August 14th. It is Sunday night. And on August 14th, 1975. So this would have been just a few days after I was born. I was born August 4th, 1975. Ten days after I was born. Rocky Horror Picture Show had its first screening at Rialto Cinema in London. The movie was initially a flop, but obviously went on to become... One of the greatest cult movies ever because of the diehard fans of the movie. So this was the first ever screening of this movie uh, was on this date. So kind of fitting that we did this show tonight. Um, and it worked out great. Now, this was also the first movie. This was the theatrical debut of Tim Curry in this movie. So I always thought it was pretty goddamn cool because he was great in this movie. You'd never know uh, at all. But um, the, the the character he played, Dr. Frankenfurter, was actually supposed to have a German accent. Uh, then he heard a woman. He was on a bus. 
a bus, excuse me, not a bust, a bus in London and heard this woman speaking with this really exaggerated English accent. And it reminded him of the Queen Elizabeth. Um, so he later took a little bit of that and a little bit of his mother's voice and created Dr. Frankfurter. Um, he said his mother was a pretty hip lady and really liked the show, by the way. Now, he also, because of this movie, he actually got to meet Princess Charles and Princess Diana. Uh, Princess Di loved him in in Rocky Horror, and she actually requested meeting him um, when he was doing another production in uh, England called Love for Love, and they were there. And he, she requested to go meet him and um, said it was just one of the most amazing moments in his life. Um, he said it basically just, it, 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 that moment almost completed him right there. So he was very happy that he got to do that. And, uh, you know, a little character like that, pretty, pretty fucking cool right there. But um, now Richard O'Brien, who was more than just riffraff in this movie he basically created this whole movie uh this whole little movement i guess you could say but um he created all this this was all his idea this was his baby if you will and um he actually um was a little nervous about meatloaf doing the song hot patootie didn't know if he could handle it meatloaf was Still a little new at this time. Obviously hadn't done a lot. This was early, early, early in Meatloaf's career. He hadn't even, I mean, he had just done maybe one album. That was it. So this was pretty early in his career. Um, O'Brien brought out the music, handed it to him, and he said, listen, it's okay to flub a few lines. No one in London has ever sung the whole thing without, you know, missing a line or adding a line or singing a wrong line. And he looked at it for like a minute and said, what's the problem? Went on, boom, knocked out the song, didn't skip a beat. And once again, this is a movie that's got a lot of good songs in it. I know a lot of people would uh, say that they want, oh, the Time Warp is the best song in this movie. I disagree. I actually am a huge fan of Meatloaf, obviously. Uh, we've talked about Meatloaf on this show a few times. Um, but uh, Meatloaf, you know, just uh, last year, uh, actually, uh, beginning of this year, excuse me, uh, passed away. Big, big meatloaf. And I like the guy. He's great, great singer. Uh, been in a bunch of movies, actually, over 100 movies. Um, but uh, it's funny when my my uh, my oldest one, so my, my, my firstborn, um, I would play meatloaf songs in the car. And he, even as a newborn, would rock out in the back seat to those songs he absolutely loved it and uh even now if i play any meatloaf songs he still rocks out to it so um it's just something that's that, 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 that meatloaf now will always have a a a giant place in my heart and, and and a great a great memory every time i think of him just looking at my firstborn uh back there just uh you know jamming in the back seat as like literally not even 2 months old yet and he's like trying to move himself to the music it was just great uh, and as he got older i kept playing it and he kept just jamming on to the beat so loved loved love meatloaf um so Nell Campbell in this movie played Columbia. Great, 
great, great casting on her. Didn't do a lot. Uh, now, Barry Boswick obviously did a ton of stuff. Had been in a lot of things. Um, was in... Um, oh, what's the TV show I'm thinking of that I used to watch with him in it? Um, Spin City. He was in Spin City uh, for a while there. I think it was Spin City. I'm double-checking right now. Sorry about that, folks. I got to go down to the fucking 90s here. Um, my God, has he been in a lot of stuff. Jesus Christ. Spin City. I was right. Uh, thank God I was right. And uh, he was in the... And Susan Sarandon was in this. Now, Rocky Horror Picture Show, once again, we've talked about this, so I'm not going to really dig deep into it. Um, but uh, I think I pretty much got everything I need to tell you on it. And what I'm going to do now is play what I feel is the best song, and it is Hot Patootie, Bless My Soul, Meatloaf. A little bit of the scene, too. Sorry about that audio quality, everybody. I didn't think this one was... I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I have this song. I should have ripped it right off my collection. Um, but uh, let's just keep going with it. Let's roll with it. It's not that bad.
we don't need to hear him kill Eddie all over again because he does. He does kill Eddie all over again. Um, and uh, I, again, I apologize for that audio quality. And I could go out and replace it and put it in the uh, put the right one. In. I, I I'll just leave it because it's got the movie scene in it, and I I think that kind of fits everything. So we'll go ahead and leave that bad boy in there. But um, there you go, folks. That is my my personal six manly musicals. Um, <laughs> like I said, musicals have a little stigma um, on them with uh, people just uh, thinking that if you watch them, you're, uh, you're not very manly. Let's just put it that way. But I believe these are six manly musicals that you should live, live by. Um, every one of them, in my opinion, are great. And again, some of them you might not consider musicals, but they sure as hell are. Um, I mean, I've got a few more. Uh, Sweeney Todd would be another one. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a few more. Uh, I mean, really, it's 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 one of those things. Now, there's another movie out there. that's another one called uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Another one. It's a little bit of a musical that's out there. Uh, but some really good. There are some really good musicals out there, and um, you know, it, it's just. There shouldn't be a stigma to them. There shouldn't be at all because they're a lot of them are really great. You know, I mean, I love music. I mean, I was rocking out to most of those songs right there, especially Meatloaf and Ray Charles. Those two right there, definitely, definitely great fucking songs. Um, but uh, that's really it, folks. I'm trying to think if I got anything else. I don't. I really don't. But um, like I said, I will do that actual Grease episode. Um, what I want to do is get my buddy from uh, Florida. Joe, me and him used to watch Grease. We'd get drunk and watch Grease late at night, like two, three, four in the morning sometimes. And um, just uh, I'd like to get him on to review that movie. It's just kind of a little special, a little special for you guys, a, a special guest, if you will. So going to try to do that, and I'll see if he will do that. Maybe I'll do that for next week. Um, and again, I'm sorry I can't go live right now. Like I said, maybe... If anyone knows if uh, you can stream live on Discord, I believe I've got it figured out. I'll uh, have Smart see if he can come in and help me out and uh, see if I've got it. And uh, we'll go from there. Um, I just don't know if if that would mean everyone who joins can be in there. I don't know. If anyone knows anything about Discord, if you're up to help me, uh, you can always hit me up on Facebook. Again, uh, David Richardson. Just look for the picture of me with my wife. Uh, <laughs> there you go. You'll find me. <coughs> it says Boxman on my name in the middle there. So, but uh, all right, folks. I think I'm gonna go ahead and roll on out of here. Um, let my wife get back in the room. So let's go ahead and do this. Let me get this music right where I hope you can hear it. There we go. I think we're good right there. And I'm gonna go ahead and knock out plugs. I didn't really knock out plugs. I did mention Anthony and Teddy. Definitely go ahead and check those guys out. Spotify Player.fm and some other platforms you should go ahead like i said just type in weekly detour uh the weekly detour in google and it'll pop up all the places you can find that show and of course uh check out uh, everything unscripted wrestling podcast eup network that's eric doug and daniel over there uh they're the eup network when you're on blog talk everything unscripted wrestling anywhere else you want to look for them on all the usual podcast platforms and check out Stephen milan reviewing films over there over ten thousand films He's got reviewed. Uh, last count that I saw was just a few days ago, 10,112. He's over there killing it. Go ahead and check him out. Letterboxd, B-O-X-D.com, slash Stephen Milan. There's two L's in Milan. 
And uh, there you go. Once again, you can always check us out. Um, me and Smark right there on a Mixler.com slash Wrestling Outlet, even though I don't know if that's going to be up anymore. So just subscribe to... Uh, we're on TuneIn, Player FM, Google, Spotify, uh, Apple, anywhere you get podcasts from. Uh, iHeart, and I think I said that. So anywhere you can find us, uh, as is this show. And um, once again, I appreciate y'all joining me for another episode of the old Hollywood Hangout. And uh, on that note, see y'all next week, which means 